You are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio, Jamie Moon. Jamie is an artist, student, and single mom. We'll be right back with Jamie, but first, let's talk about motivation. So I talked last week about being in a slump, and this week I'm gonna talk about motivation and the mysteries of that. I have gone through many periods in my life where I feel very motivated. I have ideas, and I'm springing with all sorts of joy, and I'm working on things and getting things done. For the last four or five years, that has been up and down. Um, I've had no more than probably a couple weeks in a row where I feel like, yay, I can do stuff. And then I go back to kind of, uh, no, I need to do these things because there are things I have to get done in life. Uh, One of them being right now my taxes. I really ought to at least start on them because they will be due and I will not have done them. So getting any kind of motivation has been a real struggle. And it's... It's sad to me because there were so many periods in my life where it wasn't a struggle. And I I just want to jump back into that space and feel excited and and motivated again. And I know some of the things that I'm dealing with that don't make me feel motivated are chemical, you know, being in my mid-40s and having dips and progesterone and things like that, things that actually chemically make you motivated. And I've been taking some hormones to help with that, and it has helped. On the other hand, very easily I go back into a space of, no, I love doing these things. I'll go visit my friends because I like them and I do enjoy time with them and that will be healthier. But it doesn't feel like that sort of, ah, oh, I can't wait to work on this and I can't wait to do that. I just, I just almost never feel that anymore. I enjoy the things I do, which is great, but that burning fire to do stuff. And I'm hoping actually this year I will feel back into a space of excitement about doing things again. I'm hoping that that works. I'm hoping that when I'm done with my job at the end of this year, that that will open up space for me to kind of pursue things that are that feel more like me. And that'll help. But I looked up an article on Healthline called Motivation and Depression, What's the Connection? Depression and Motivation. Lack of motivation is a symptom of depression, but it may be caused by something else. For example, you may lack motivation if you're having difficulties coping with an, with an issue in your life or if you're experiencing something that affects your self-confidence. If depression is responsible for your lack of motivation, you may find that your level of motivation is directly related to how depressed you are feeling. If you or a loved one is feeling a lack of motivation due to depression, there are ways to improve the situation. It may seem hard at first, but persistence will help you feel the growing sense of motivation, and you will find over time that it is easier to get up and do things. Tips to get and stay motivated. If the thought of doing anything seems overwhelming, start small. Set small, manageable goals. As you meet these goals, you can start adding more on top of them until you ultimately achieve all of your goals. Here's some of the suggestions to get you started. And these seem pretty basic. (laughs) Get out of bed and out of pajamas. 
Okay, I haven't done that today. I am in my pajamas because we're doing this interview over FaceTime. Go for a walk. Get your hands dirty in order to get a mood lift. And this, this is different than the usual things. According to a study with mice, a certain type of bacteria found in dirt may enhance the production of serotonin. Serotonin, in turn, helps decrease the symptoms of depression. Bacteria found in fermented foods, such as yogurt, can also enhance moods by reducing anxiety and potentially improving symptoms of depression. Four, don't overschedule. Five, avoid negativity. Six, stick to a routine. Seven, socialize. Eight, create a support network. And nine, get enough sleep. So I've been working on a couple of these. Get enough sleep. I always have a routine. Avoid negativity. That's, a, that's sometimes a hard one. Going for a walk. I've been doing that regularly. But getting my hands dirty. I really need to get back in my garden. It's beautiful weather right now. And that'd be a great thing to do. I have stopped overscheduling myself and socializing. I've set up doing a coffee every single Friday morning with my friends. So a lot of that stuff I'm already doing and it does help me get through the day. It's For me, it's never like I can't get through the day. I just don't have the motivation. It doesn't increase my motivation. It just gets me to do things anyway. And I feel like maybe at some point that of not caring or wanting to do anything will just go away. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping and that I'll feel motivated again. But I don't know that that's true. It may just be in a period of my life, whether it's chemical or not, that I'm just not motivated. I mean, that may be where I'm going to be with things. I don't know. So I just wanted to say to all of you, if you're struggling with motivation, it's a very common symptom of depression. You can try some of those tips. You can find other tips online. But they tend to be the same things, which is connecting with people and getting out in the world, even if you don't feel like it, you know, having a routine, reaching out to your social network, all that sort of stuff. But I like the one about getting your hands dirty <laughs> and getting some vitamin D I know is good for depression. So I'm going to try that this week. Anyway, love to you all. Today we have with us in the studio, Jamie Moon. Jamie is an artist, student, and single mom. Jamie, welcome to the depression session. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. So tell us a little bit about what's going on right now. What are you up to? I'm extremely busy. I, I'm an artist and a student. And so I've been at school all morning. We had Discovery Day here at the college and passed out information about the art club. And now we've got a big show tonight. So we're loading up stuff to take to the show and set up for that. Then we're having a sushi party at my house. So, <laughs> Well, I so appreciate you taking time to do this. <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> don't overschedule. That's one of the things now. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and I, I relate to a lot of that stuff. There, being an artist, being a student, and teaching, and being busy with things. I, I met with my art club yesterday, and we did interviews for the students that are going to go to Oaxaca on the study abroad program this summer. So there's always plenty going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and we had a lot of fun. I mean, I, I really enjoy being at school. It's my favorite place to be. So, uh, and this semester, I decided I wanted to cut back my hours so that I could work on being more of a working artist. And so that's kind of where my focus is right now. And that's so I'm doing a lot of shows and I'm doing a lot of art that I wouldn't have normally done outside of school. And it's just a different kind of busy. So. Yeah. 
And I, I'm similarly, I, this year, I cut a bunch of things out of my schedule because I thought I, I'm overscheduled all the time and it's it's not helping me be healthy. Because sometimes I feel like being busy is being healthy, but it, it wasn't the last several years. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I think for me, I was so focused on school for so long. For the last two years, I've done like 20 hours a semester. So it's just been very focused. And now I'm doing 12. And so I get to socialize and I get to go to openings and closings. And I've rented myself a studio up in old Colorado City and I'm teaching and just doing more of the things that I love. So I'm, I'm extremely busy and I still don't see my son very much, but it's a, it, it's a different busy. You know, it's a, it's a fulfilling busy. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I feel like I'm moving into my future instead of just focusing on my education. So it's, it's a good plan. Yeah, like moving sort of from all of the things that you're doing with your, in your life to being more of the working artist you want to be. Exactly. Yeah. And focusing in on my MFA, because that's the next step, is I've got one more year and I'll finish my BFA, and then we want to roll straight. Me and a couple of other students are planning to do MFAs at the same schools. We're working on building our portfolios and finding schools. We're even talking about some international schools. So it's, it's very, it's very exciting. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just telling a student of mine, cause she's applying for the Oaxaca program and so excited. And one of the things she's been doing in school is consciously making friends and right. making those connections. And I said, oh, that is so true. The friends that I made in college and my post-baccalaureate and, and graduate school are all people that I'm still in touch with because they're artists. Right. They're people in my field. And there's just something about that. And they might send an opportunity my way. I'll send an opportunity their way. And it just broadens your right. scope. Yeah, and that's how it is for us. And the group of us that are wanting to do the same thing, there's there's two there's two of us in particular, me and my, my best friend. And he's a single dad and I'm a single mom. Right. And we're both in our forties, and you know, so so not only are we artists, and we, we're on the same path, we have the same goals, but we're also single parents too. And so, it's you know, it's a nice. But there's about five of us that are, you know, we all meet at my house in my studio once a month, and we drink wine, and we make sushi, and we and and so we will always be friends. So it's it's cool. Very yeah. cool. Uh, I think those, and it's also people have moved away and we've still stayed in contact because there is something about doing art in a program together. I don't know if that happens in all programs, but there's something about that, that I don't know. You just feel connected. You feel like they understand you in a certain way. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's because you're going through this together, you know, and Art school is hard. Yes, it is. You know? <laughs> I always have students because I teach a lot of non-majors and I always have students who are like, but this is hard. And I'm like, it is. And fun it and amazing. A- but it is. It's it's a, it, the most work that you will have it's in college is in an art class or a math class because you have yeah. to practice. You have to, yeah. you have to be doing it to learn it. And there are other classes where you can do a lot more passive learning, which is wonderful too. You can read books and right. go to lectures and it's all very interesting, but you won't learn art that way. <laughs> it's hands-on and lots and lots of hours. <laughs> yes, lots of hours. I mean, we live at the school, so. So Jamie, tell us the story of your depression. Okay. Well, um, I have lots of stories of my depression, but when I was, the main one I think was when I was young and I was, I, I had one child and I was married and 
I was married for about 20 years to an emotionally abusive man, and I had three children, just to kind of give you an idea. But I didn't know I was depressed. I think that was the biggest thing for me, is not realizing that I was depressed. And I still struggle with that. I'll fall into depressive states, but I don't recognize it as depression, because for me, I wear my, my red dress very well on the inside. And so what people see out here is not at all what is going on in here. And I just walk through that very easily. And so generally it takes some sort of major happening for me to go, oh, maybe something's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And it was was that way with my depression. So um, about, I don't know, five years, maybe seven years into my marriage and two kids later, I just started realizing that uh, something wasn't right. I would yell at the kids a lot and I was got really almost borderline abusive with my oldest child a few times and just couldn't handle things well. And I was always a stay-at-home mother. It didn't work outside of the home necessarily, but I did homeschool and just just started noticing some strange things, you know, that were not my norm. One day ended up asking a counselor, you know, what is what is this? And and so that was that was the beginning of the depression. But I was always able to kind of work through it one way or another without having to have medications or things like that. But then when I got divorced 20 years later, I literally did not even realize that I was in an emotionally abusive marriage or that I was depressed until one day I got up and called abuse hotline and said, I need to tell you what's going on in my life and you tell me if this is abuse. And so that is how it happened. And they said, yes, you are being abused blah, 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 here's the number to a free counseling service, and so I, it worked out really well. She was trained in EDMR therapy, and so she helped me work through my post-traumatic stress and all of my trauma and all of my depression without medication, and, and so I was able to get a divorce, and in that, I started exercising. That helped tremendously. That's probably the biggest reason I didn't need medication was because of the exercise, and that continues to be the biggest reason because I don't think depression ever goes away completely. I think that when we struggle with depression, and I think people that are not clinically depressed struggle with depression. I think it's just something that we all have in this day and age. We have busy lives. We have too much going on, whatever. And so I think the key is to recognize it and just kind of try to do what you need to do once you recognize that that's the problem. So that's the biggest part of my story. I don't know if there's more that I need to say in that other than once you recognize that, that depression is part of the problem, focus on making yourself better. You can't change the people. I can't change the people outside of me that are projecting any of those negative things into my world. I have to focus on me and, and how do I work through this? How do I stay motivated? How do I keep from being depressed? For me, not gaining weight. You know, if I gain weight, it creates a huge amount of depression. And so it's very important that I exercise, and I know that. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for your story. I just wanted to talk about a couple of things in there. I mean, I think that when you're young, it's easy to get into a relationship that's not healthy. I was talking uh, just last night with a friend about it, the different relationships that we've gotten into that weren't healthy and how you over time learn to deal with different people and, and like recognize quicker that it's unhealthy. I guess that's it. But when you're young, you, you, you're so flexible and permeable and you're trying to figure things out on every level in your life. 
And it just seems that you can get into a relationship and not even realize that it's awful. You can. And even as an older woman, I've had that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and have gotten into relationships and a year later go, this is really not healthy. But But I think you're right. The difference is that I'm older now. So I recognize some of those key red flags that, that not come up in the other person necessarily, but they come up in me. Right. Because as I've gotten older, it's not about them. It's about me. Yeah. And I've, I know that for me, those relationships, like the time frame is shorter of realizing, Oh, Oh no, this isn't good. <laughs> I'll start to lose myself. I'll start recognizing that I'm not doing what I love. Right. You know, or, or I'm, I'm putting more into this relationship than into my relationship with myself. And then there's also that feeling I really relate to, which is, am I crazy? Is this me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that it's always you. I mean, it's always about you. And I don't mean that selfishly. I mean, in, in, in self-care, it is about you. It's, it's not about what this other person is doing to me or projecting into my life or taking from me because people are people. Mm-hmm. And, and whoever that person is, they're going to be who they are. And that's okay. But the biggest thing in depression, anxiety, and any of those things is is understanding who you are. And what and works then, for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. And exactly. So, and I think you're right. I think a lot of that just comes with as we age. You know, when I was younger, I had no idea. For I think for women, there's a little bit of a be nice and accommodating message that we get that means that it's a little harder. And I, I'm not saying it's not hard for men to recognize when they're in an unhealthy relationship. Cause I know it's just, I've had plenty of male friends. I know it's just as hard to say, is this okay? Right. This, maybe this isn't okay. And to get into abusive relationships, men have just as many problems with that as women do. But I feel there's an overall message to women that you should be nice Make nice, be nice. It's, you know, if things are going badly, it might be you. Exactly. Overlook that. Or, oh, he does that, so that doesn't matter. Or I, I mean, it's really, and it's very hard for us to walk away. Or it is for me. I mean, I'm very compassionate. And when I love someone, I love them very deeply. And so it's, I'm, I'm very thoughtful and mindful about those decisions. You know, how is my decision going to affect that person? So, yeah, I do think in that respect, it is more challenging for us. Yeah. And and that uh, I remember I was just also just looking through books at a used store, just looking through some titles. And there were there was a whole section of self-help and several of them were like what women are doing wrong in your relationship sort of books. And that drives me crazy. I, I, I looked at one and I said to my friend, this is misogynistic. And she's like, it's written by a woman. And I said, I don't care who it's written by. I feel like this is sort of you, you bad girl, you're doing life wrong. And it's not, it's not a kind sort of, it's sort of, all of the books about relationships for women are not empathetic toward the woman, but like figuring out a system and you're doing these things wrong. And that's why you're turning people away. And I, I, I find that offensive, actually. And with all of the Me Too stuff that's happening right now, I think we've created a culture where it's easy to 
to be in a situation that's unhealthy and be told, well, you're just doing things wrong or you're not being feminist enough or you're whatever it is, it must be you and you're doing it wrong. Right. I agree. And, it, and we're not. I mean, we are entitled to our own feelings and emotions and ideas and wants and needs and desires. And none of that is wrong. It's not wrong for me to choose to live an artist's life as opposed to living the life of money and travel. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, we have to be true to ourselves. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. That's one thing I try to share with my students is whatever you pick to do in school, you'll probably do a hundred other things too. So pick to study the things that excite you and will get you through school. You'll be thrilled about your classes. Don't pick something that you think you should do so that you can make more money. Because honestly, you're going to do 12 other jobs anyway. Very few people just go out in the world and get that one job. So if you're going to spend your time and money being here, study what you love. And if that happens to be art, there are ways of making money as an artist. It, it, but, and there are plenty of fields where, I mean, it's not like you could get your history degree and it's easier to get a job. No. Harder. <laughs> yeah, maybe harder because you could, you harder. could be, you could be doing web design and actually make money. <laughs> or if you love doing, well, I have a friend who does wrought iron things. He does metal work and he's always building fences for people and getting paid very good money to make beautiful fences. I mean, it might not be the most exciting, exciting thing artistically, but hey, that's a pretty good job. That's a pretty good job. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about in that is being a mother. That's something I haven't done. And I had a, a, somebody on the show who said that being a parent really helped with depression because he just had to do things. I mean, there were, yeah. you know, and that their joy and and investment in things gets you out of stuff. You get perspective, I guess. Yeah, I think so, too. And I have children that have mental illness and depression and anxiety and and so I'm all the time being reminded that they need me and probably always will. And so regardless of my own depression, I have to just put on my game face and say, you know what, it doesn't matter. We're going to get through this and just do it, you know. And I do think it helps. I think that's a, knowing that you have these other people in your life, just because your children grow up and become adults doesn't mean they don't need you anymore. And knowing that you have these these people that need you does indeed help with not allowing yourself to stay in abusive relationships or not allowing yourself to stay depressed or motivating you because you've got to do it. You don't have a choice. Some people do, I guess, but for me, I, it doesn't matter. I have to keep myself well so that I can be there for them. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have like an extra layer of motivation. That being my topic today. Right. And I know having kids also is an extra stressor and an extra level of anxiety, but there's also that extra level. Like you get, I've read somewhere you have higher highs and lower lows. You do. It's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I wouldn't change it. My kids have helped me a lot with understanding my own depression and understanding who I am. You know, my daughter is amazing. I have, I have two boys and one girl, and she is absolutely amazing. And she has watched me go through so many things and 
and she's just so empowered by all of the things that she's watched me have to overcome. And so therefore, she has become this beautiful, powerful, strong woman, and she's a single mom too, and she just amazes me every day. So so you see things like that in your kids, and you're like, okay, well, the depression didn't kill them. (laughs) 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 So, yeah. Uh, and then the, the last thing I really related to very strongly was the not recognizing depression as depression. And the yeah. thing I have learned in this show is that it, it, depression expresses in a bunch of different ways. And even what it feels like is different for different people. Yeah, some people, I think, some people it's very obvious. And and you may be right. Some of my, you know, kind of wearing the red dress on the inside theory comes from because I have children and because I'm a teacher. You know, I think as teachers, you know, we have to do that a lot. We put the game face on and we go. And it doesn't matter. I mean, it's much harder for me to recognize that depressive feeling. But I have gotten better. I mean, I just went through some depression just recently and I was just tired. I was just tired, just exhausted. And I recognized right away that it was just me dealing with a lot of things all at one time and it was causing me to be a little depressed. And so I just allowed myself to rest and I'm okay now. So Jamie, one of the things I'm interested in how people's uh, depression expresses itself. What are some of the ways that your depression expresses? I get tired. That's the number one thing. I'm tired and then I can't sleep. And so those are the two big ones. Sometimes I'll get I'll lack of motivation, but mostly it's that I'm tired for no reason. I'm learning to get up and write. Once I get it outside of me, then it doesn't bother me so much anymore, and I can go back to sleep. Yeah. I like to read dumb books in the middle of the night. I've, since I hit my 40s, I wake up at like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. Yeah, I'll just read something stupid, something that's not too engaging. If it's too engaging, I'm not going back to sleep. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and you talked about connecting to nature. Stack rocks. That's my that's my big thing. When I was going through my divorce, I stacked huge rock sculptures. I would spend hours and hours stacking rocks. That was it was meditational. It was what helped me balance the things in my life so that I could work through them. Yeah. So like literally balancing your life in a really metaphorical way. Exactly. And I didn't discover the dirt until I moved here. And when I moved here, in the West, there's so many different colors of dirt. So while I don't stack as much now as I used to, the dirt has kind of become my meditation. What made you go back to school in, in at your age in your 40s? Because I was going through the, I had lost all that weight, and then I went through the divorce and didn't really know where we were going to live, and we ended up in Colorado. It was a very spiritual thing, actually. I had no idea that's where we were going to up. But I knew that I had no education and no job skills because I'd been a stay-at-home mom for 20 years. And so when we got here, I just said, I'm going back to school. And when I started, I was either art therapy or maybe art education, but very quickly decided that I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, which was just art. So I'm working on my Bachelor of Fine Arts. That's great. It is. I always I always tell my students, because I, I teach at a community college, so we get a lot of whole range of ages, people who've already had a degree in something and just want to do, they're like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something different. Or sort of students who have already done a bunch of, they've had their kids, they're <laughs> very similar. Or their kids are little and they're in school and they're like, I have to make a better life for my family. Right. So I really, exactly. yeah, I really relate to that. And can you tell people a little bit about 
about your artwork? Well, my art is, um, I'm primarily a sculptor, and I do, I sculpt with clay, and then I paint the clay with dirt, and I fire it at different temperatures to get different reactions from the dirt. So if you fire it at a low temperature, you get a lot of color, a lot of oranges and yellows and reds and whatever. And if you fire it at a higher temperature, then you get all the metals. So then the coppers and the irons and the aluminums come out, and you get texture. And so it's very different. I've done a lot of research on it, actually. So I now have tiles that I can look at and go, oh, I want this piece to be fired to this temperature. And I have to make all these decisions before I ever even, like, make the piece, you know. <laughs> and then when I paint, I just mix it with either an acrylic medium or glue or water depending on what I want to do. If I want to do a wash, I mix it with water. If I want it to be a thicker texture, then I'll mix it with an acrylic medium. The mandala is going to be, it's more like a sand painting, so done with glue. And if people wanted to see your artwork, do you have a website? jamiemoonart.com. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for being on the Depression Session. Thanks for inviting me. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septahelix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.